Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the most important things on somebody's journey when it comes to overcoming pornography completely. If this one step is left out, it makes it so, so hard to actually sustain your progress. And so I was having a conversation with somebody recently, and this it just made me think about this episode and wanting to share this with you guys because I, I just it's so critical to not miss this step. And so in the very beginning, when I work with a, a husband or a couple, whatever the, the challenges that they're coming in with, whether it's you know communication stuff or rebuilding trust or repairing the betrayal that this is all caused in the relationship, or if it's a husband, if I'm working in my, my program with a husband, then step number one is the same. It's identifying the source or the reason why somebody is struggling with the behavior that they're struggling with. Unless you can know why something is happening, you can't, you can't do anything about it. And so this episode, I want to narrow this into specifically with regard to urges and triggers and identifying the source of those because once you're clear about the source, now you can do something. So I had a conversation with a client, like I mentioned, and he has finished the program. And he said one of the biggest things that he got from us working together is getting help to identify the problem with him. He had been struggling with his habit for over 10 years. And he's a smart guy. And he tried a bunch of different things, but could not find a way to sustain his progress. And so for him, he said one of the biggest things was actually being able to correctly diagnose and identify why this keeps happening. Because as a result of knowing why it keeps happening, now solutions open up. And so, so often people will apply logical solutions to an emotional problem and it just doesn't work. I remember seeing this video uh, of a, a guy who does more of the traditional way of, of approaching this. He was describing the rubber band technique. And he said that whenever you feel triggered, you should snap a rubber band on your wrist to try to get you out of that, to like remind you to not do it and like create this like interrupt. And so when I watched that, I just kind of thought to myself like, what's, what's snapping a rubber band going to do? Because an urge or a trigger is the symptom of something else. It's almost like, it's almost like saying, if you get a headache, snap your wrist with the rubber band. Like the rubber band does not address why you have the headache at all. It, like what's that going to do? Or if somebody says, okay, go and take a cold shower. If you're feeling really tempted, go take a cold shower. Or like get down and do 15 push-ups. And, you know, if you've been in this in this world for a, a long time and you've been doing research and, and reading and listening to people who talk about this, that's one of the common suggestions is exercise, take a shower, distract yourself. When in reality, there's just a different way to do this. And I've found that when clients, when guys that I work with do it in this other way that I'm going to share with you today, the success rate is so much higher because we're actually dealing with why it's happening. One thing to keep in mind is that, again, in this way that I like to approach things and the way that I like to think about things, the urges are not the enemy. The urges contain precious information that you need in order to make progress and actually resolve why the urges are there. So like I said, it's, it's just like physical pain. If you have a headache, there's any number of reasons why that's the case. Sometimes it's dehydration. Sometimes you have a cold. Sometimes there's like a tumor growing in your brain. 
depending on what this, the, the actual problem is, completely changes the course of treatment. Because if I have a headache and I go and take a cold shower, again, it's a total miss because I'm applying a solution to a problem that doesn't exist, right? The, the symptom is the headache. The problem might be I need a CAT scan because there's pressure in my brain due to a tumor. Or I might just need to simply drink some water because I'm dehydrated. It's 100% necessary to figure out why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. If there's an urge or a trigger there, it's identifying that's so, so important so that you don't misapply a solution. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why people stay stuck in this problem for so long is that they're applying solutions to a problem. It's just a misapplication of the approach. It's a misapplication of the solution because they haven't correctly identified why. So with that as the backdrop, the two categories that are the source of urges and triggers, the two categories that I've found is number one, habit, and number two, it's an emotional coping. So I'll share with you an example. I was working with a client recently, and I love all my clients. I had a great experience working with him. I, I truly want people to be successful. I genuinely am rooting for them, and I am so confident that people can overcome this problem. Like my, my confidence in this approach is unshakable because I've seen it so many times where people make progress, they overcome this issue, then they move on with their life. And so when come, somebody reaches out and they're like, I'm struggling, I, I just it's, it's a chance for them to finally exit this cycle because getting help, you get another set of eyes who has been trained to identify these problems. It just makes the process so much easier. And so he came to me and, and so when he told me that he listened to a ton of my stuff and he, had, he was sharing with me, hey, this episode over here really resonated with me but i just am having a such a hard time applying this i don't know how this like how do i how do i apply this to my personal situation and so part of when we were working together was he had a really difficult time identifying why he kept struggling and through the process of him understanding himself better understanding his triggers better understanding the root cause of this one of the reasons why he would struggle is because of anxiety and overwhelm and stress and fear these really negative emotions. So this goes back to the category of emotional coping. This was not so much a habit. The emotional coping category is by far more important because that's the major reason why people loop in this in this pattern. And so for him, it was this anxiety. A part of it was negative. these negative beliefs that he had about himself and just a lack of confidence. And his self-worth just wasn't very good. And so there was a lot of pain that he would use pornography to distract himself from. And so as we were working together, he shared with me a, a story where he was at work and just beyond stressed. He said one of the most stressful moments in his life. He felt so much anxiety. His job is really demanding. And this particular situation that he was in was really creating a lot of like angst for him. And he said that in the middle of the angst, he recognized the thought pop in that said, you could just go distract yourself and look at something and escape this for a little bit. And then because of the work that he had done, he immediately shot back in his mind and thought to himself, there's no way I'm gonna do that right now because that will not solve the reason why I'm struggling. He recognized that the urge and the trigger was directly related to the anxiety of his work situation. And so because of his work, as he had done in the program, he knew there's a different way to handle this. I don't, number one, don't have to go back and look at this. Number two, it won't even help anyways. 
And number three, I can tackle this work situation using new tools, using a new approach. And that's what he focused on doing. And as he actually targeted why he felt the way he did and resolved the issue at work, he felt the urge dissipate. He no longer was triggered and tempted because he solved the problem. Again, the urge, the trigger that that somebody feels, the urge that somebody feels contains such important information because it tells you what needs attention, just like the headache does. And so once he diagnosed for himself, which is my goal, I I want to empower the guys that I work with and the couples that I work with to be able to self-assess so that when something comes up, they know what to do. And so it's just such a cool thing to watch him take that step, recognize why he was feeling the way that he was, use that awareness to combat the thought of like, oh, I should look at this. Like, no, I don't. I I shouldn't. It's not going to help me. So why would I? And then he tackled the problem and solved it, which, which released the urge. Just like, again, if you think about the headache, if you drink water because you're dehydrated, your headache is going to go away. Or whatever you know, physical problem you feel, once you address it, the, the pain will go away because you're, you're handling the reason why it's there. So I, I really want to emphasize to everybody who's listening that so often there are these emotional triggers and usually that's the case. The majority of the time, it's an emotional trigger. So the more you can really take your time, this is why I wanted to share this story with you because it hopefully can get your mind thinking in this direction of when you start to feel an urge, doing a self-assessment is step number one. And if you're like, I just feel this and I don't know why, it's just practice and muscle memory. And again, more the more tools and understanding that you have about yourself. And again, this is why I try to share lots of different topics on the, on the podcast because you can start to listen or pay attention to how you feel through the lens of what you're learning. So if you're new to the podcast, it's like, I'm super happy to have you here. I would encourage you to go through these different episodes that are here because it, my goal is to prime you with as much info that I possibly can so you can apply this to your situation. And so it's just so cool to see when people do this and they get the result. It, the emotional side of things is, is, is the most important side of this by far. And so just briefly, I want to touch on this idea of solutions first. So what do you do now once you've identified, okay, it's an emotional problem. So applying a behavioral solution or a logical solution to an emotional problem, that's not going to help. So what do you do then? So if it's an emotional issue, just like my client did, he, he focused on dealing with the problem directly. The reason why he felt anxiety was because something was unresolved at work. And in this particular situation, and in many situations, there's a solution. You can find closure and solve the problem. And so that's what he did. He focused on having a conversation with his boss. He focused on getting things situated at work so it could solve the reason why he felt the anxiety. And then as a result of that, it was gone. So number one is to directly address why you're feeling the way that you are. Sometimes solutions, sometimes there is no good solution. Sometimes you can't like actually fully like solve a specific problem let's say it's like a coworker problem and there's anxiety there because there's conflict between you two sometimes you can't solve that because you can't make somebody do anything and so a part of then the solution becomes how do i do the inner work so i can increase my tolerance to handle uncomfortable situations how do i do the inner work so what my coworker says or does doesn't trigger my trauma or my my negative beliefs or my low self-esteem how do i address that so that the situation doesn't even necessarily need to change because i'm changing 
So that's another side of this is doing the inner work, which I think there's always value in that. Another solution that I always encourage people to do is to reach out and share what they're feeling and just open up to somebody, whether it's your spouse, whether it's a friend, whether it's somebody in a group, somebody that you trust, it, the brain is wired to connect with other people. So when we're struggling, the default of the brain is to expect that somebody else is going to be there. And so if you're a wife listening to this, it's the same process. If you're struggling with triggers of betrayal trauma and you're feeling overwhelmed and low self-worth as well and just like are doubting yourself or just feel a sense of hopelessness, one of the most helpful things that you can do is to reach out to somebody who will respond to that and can hear you and validate you and help work with you to whether it's solve the issue or support you. And ideally, your husband is learning how to be that person because it's just a skill that anybody can learn to know how to respond to pain effectively. And so whether you're a husband or a wife, one of the most helpful strategies in the moments that you're feeling emotionally overwhelmed is to reach out. So I just want to remind people of that because I know I mentioned that on previous episodes, but this is such a critical piece to this. Hey everyone, just real quick. I want to just say thank you for those of you who are leaving reviews. It truly does mean a lot because that's how other people can find this podcast. And my goal is to make sure that people get what they need and they can't get what they need unless they know where to find it. So thank you for those of you who have left reviews. If you haven't yet, it would truly mean so much. It would mean the world if you could take 30 seconds, just drop a quick rating, a couple of sentences if the podcast has helped. Because like I said, my goal is to get this out in front of as many people as I possibly can. So thank you for listening and for sharing this with other people. Okay, so I want to transition now to the second category, which is habit. This one is less, this is, the the emotional one is far more pressing and important because that's most of the reason why people struggle and stay stuck. The habit category is still important and it does need attention. But you'll find that when you do the emotional work, the reason why people feel these urges and triggers are largely related to that. But sometimes they are habits. Sometimes that's the category where that needs attention. So I want to share with you briefly a couple of thoughts on that. So sometimes people will tell me that they might wake up in the morning or it might be late at night and a husband might say, you know, uh, sometimes he might work from home or sometimes his wife goes to bed or he wakes up and nobody's around. And as a result of the circumstance, then this thought comes in about, okay, I can look something up right now. So whether you're bored, whether you're by yourself, whether you're you know, just, if it's just developed as a result of a habit. And one thing to keep in mind that is really important to understand is that is how the brain works. The brain works in part by associating things together. And I think I mentioned this uh, in previous episodes, this idea of Pavlov's dog. Pavlov was a researcher who was training, he, he wanted to see if he could train dogs to respond in a conditioned way by pairing something that was neutral with something that created a physical reaction in them. So he rang a bell, gave the dogs food, the dogs would salivate. So he did this dozens and dozens of times. And as a result of that, all he needed to do after he had conditioned the dogs, was simply ring the bell and the dog would start to salivate because of the association between the bell and how he started, to, how he was trained, which is to expect food and anticipate there was going to be a reward. 
the brain in our in, in human beings is no different. It's it's associations are made based on certain environments, based on certain situations, and this is the habit level. And so we definitely want to address this. And so let's say you feel like one of the common sources or the common situations where you struggle and feel triggered is when it's late at night. Sometimes I work with guys in my program to help them restructure these habits. And I, I want to share with you a couple of strategies to help you with that. So if it's late at night and it's you know 1230 and the guy that I'm working with says, I'll share with you specifically. So I was working with somebody and he says, you know, it's late at night, it's 1230 and I find myself tempted so I said, okay, so it's 12.30. What would you rather be doing? How would you rather the night go? And he says, well, I'd like to go to bed earlier. So, okay, great. So in order to go to bed earlier, what in the preceding hours do you need to rearrange to set you up to go to sleep at 10 or 11 whenever he said he wanted to go to bed? Because he had just trained himself that when he gets home from work, he unwinds on the couch, has a conversation with his wife, puts the kids down, goes back to the couch and watches a movie. And then while he's on the couch, he's just like, well, I don't know, I'm kind of just bored and I'm restless, so I'm going to pull out my phone. And so that was just this habit on the couch, late at night, became paired, associated with, now I'm just going to look something up. So part of what he did was he said, okay, instead of watching a movie, I'm just going to pick one show and I'm not going to watch for 90 minutes. I'm going to watch for 30 minutes. And then after I watch my show, I'm going to go upstairs and spend some more time with my wife. And we're going to have a conversation. I want to share with her what happened during my day. I want to hear from her. And so he had such, so the, 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 the strategy that I want to share with you right now is clarity and intention. When you have clarity about what you'd rather be doing instead and set an intention ahead of time, it's infinitely easier to follow through on what you are planning out to do if you have a plan. Because for him, the plan was doing what he had always done, which is be on autopilot. And usually being on autopilot does not create the kind of life that we want to live. It doesn't create the kind of relationships that we want. It doesn't create the kind of physical health that we want. Sleeping patterns. Autopilot is just like the path of least resistance. Now, when you're changing a habit, it actually doesn't have to take tremendous amounts of willpower and energy. It simply takes intention and clarity because it's not that much harder to turn off the TV and go upstairs than it is for him to pull out his phone. It doesn't take that much effort. But without a plan ahead of time, he just did what he always did. And in that situation, being up by himself, being 1130 at night and sitting on the couch that had been paired with let's pull out my phone. And so for him, as he started to restructure his habit at night, then he noticed there was a change internally too. He was not, there, were, there weren't these associations that kept firing off that led him back to pornography because he was changing the setting and the circumstance and the moment that kind of activated that pattern in the first place. So please keep in mind though, that this solution only works if the source or the root cause of the problem is a behavioral problem. Because if you're applying a behavioral solution to an emotional problem, it's not going to work. So if in the same setting, he's up at night, but really what's driving it is fear or low self-worth, 
Just simply going to bed does not solve self-worth issues. So he's going to maybe slip in a different, he might, he might turn back to pornography in a different setting altogether because the root cause of why he's going to it is because he's distracting himself from his pain. This is why addressing both categories is absolutely critical. And so I hope that as we've shared today, these two categories that you can start to reflect on, okay, which one is it for me? And is it a blend of both? And if so, let's really get hyper aware about these specific moments that I find myself being triggered. I would so encourage you as well as a couple to have conversations about this. Which category do you find yourself in? Which one is more triggering? And then if it's emotional, what plans can you come up with? How can you more fully and correctly address it? What tools do you need to have in place to to actively address the issue? And if you're not really sure what it is, again, this is my my invitation always is, is like it's getting help makes this you know a hundred times easier because if it's hard for you to figure this out and if you feel like you keep getting struggle, you know, keep finding yourself in the struggle, it doesn't have to last forever. It's just a matter of addressing the things that need attention in the way that works. And so getting help can be one of the solutions to this as you guys talk about this. From again, whatever, I mean, whatever, from whatever source, right? Whatever you feel like is going to be most helpful, but getting some extra help to solve this problem can be a part of what's in the plan. So I would encourage you guys to have a discussion together and figure out, okay, what do we do? How do we address this? And then you implement and then you get feedback. So let's say you think, okay, it's a habit for me. It's late at night and I find myself having this habit. And so let's say you have a plan, you implement the plan and it doesn't work. It's number one worth then considering, okay, what needs to change in my approach? Or number two, am I simply applying the wrong strategy? Am I applying a logical solution to an emotional problem? Am I applying a behavioral solution to an emotional problem? And that's where, again, it's so valuable to take a step back, reflect and better understand, okay, what's driving this? And then you implement that plan again. So uh, this is my encouragement to all of you guys and gals who are listening to this. Please know that it's possible. This doesn't have to follow you around forever. And I found that when the clients that I work with have the most success, they just get really good at identifying how they're feeling, why they're feeling the way that they are. And then they have the strategies and tools that they can pair up to solve those issues. So this is why I wanted to really isolate this episode and highlight this to give you the step right now, because if you're still in this pattern, even if it's like you go a few weeks without slipping up, it's still a cycle. And so I would encourage you to spend some time really getting clear about and identifying why this is happening, because you can 100% put this behind you and that's exactly what I want for you. So I hope that this helps and I would encourage you to spend some time this week with it and give it a shot. And then based on whatever feedback you get as you implement, that's how you can refine your approach till you ultimately eliminate this problem for good and can actually just move on with your life feeling much more better in your relationship and with yourself individually. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship so you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.